This is Mike Dilk of Relax Back UK. Hi, and thank you for joining me, Mike Dilk, on the Relax Back UK show here on UK Health Radio, your global real feel-good radio station. On this show, we're looking at vitamins. Now, we did discuss vitamins a couple of weeks ago with advice from an expert and qualified dietitian and nutritionist, Leslie Bonchi, and also news from an entrepreneur who's making mixtures of supplements that are tailored to the individual. That was a couple of weeks ago. The show this week still contains advice from those people who are really in the know. Shefali Loth from Witch Magazine is a food and nutrition researcher, and she has some extraordinary things to say about supplements sold. We found a multivitamin that contained only half of the vitamin A that was stated on the label. Um, Another one contained, well, it claimed to contain 10 milligrams of vitamin B6, but actually it contained negligible amounts. So it seems it really can be buyer beware. So possibly buying from a a pharmacist will help with some of these issues at least. Um, Some vitamins and and supplements can affect the way um, different medications are absorbed into the body. So what you actually end up with then is either a higher or a lower concentration of that drug in the bloodstream, which can cause kind of issues. Matt Courtney-Smith is a pharmacist with Lloyd's Pharmacy, and he talks about some of the advice you can get from a pharmacist. If you, if you just walk into a store, um, they can tell you all about uh, vitamins and supplements. So please do stay tuned for some great guests and an informative show. Thank you. I am a long-term reader of Witch Magazine in the UK, which I've got to say, I wholeheartedly recommend to listeners. And I was reading an article in it about vitamins and supplements by Shefali Loaf. And after I read it, I was just kind of surprised and shocked by some of the info in it. In fact, I was so surprised and shocked that I invited Shefali to the show. And I was fortunate enough that she accepted my invitation And I had quite a long chat with her about this stuff. And I started um, the chat by asking how much we spend on vitamins and supplements in the UK. And I'm telling you, the answer will make your jaw drop. Hi, Mike. So um, in 2018, we spent around 442 million on supplements. And actually, all the research shows that this amount is growing year on year. So supplement sales are increasing every year. More people are taking them. When we researched which members in 2013, a third of which members were taking supplements. Um, Last year, when we asked them again, more than half were taking them. Um, And actually, sales in supplements targeting adults have seen the strongest growth, especially in the over 50s category. Right. Okay. So this is information that you've got by asking the subscribers to which magazine? Yes, that's right. Right. Of which I'm one, I have to say. I I read the magazine and I I, I enjoy it. So did did this surprise you? Did these figures surprise you? Because it seems like they're massive. They are massive. And um, because of the field I work in, I wasn't hugely surprised. Um, But actually, if you think about 
almost half of people taking a daily supplement. That that is surprising. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I don't, but I suppose I, a lot of the people I know must do, and it just mm. hasn't, you know, cropped up in conversation. It's not something I really chat about with my friends. No, exactly. And I suppose there are certain groups that will take them more than others. So a lot of the time, parents will give them to children. Um, and then, as we said, that over 50s category has seen a huge amount of growth in the last few years. Yeah, yeah. And so in, in the questions you asked the, the, the witch subscribers, mm. did, you, did you get a feel for how people decide what to take? Is it after advice from a doctor or do they just sort of self-prescribe? Mainly it's self-prescribing. Um, people are influenced by friends, family, colleagues. Um, they're also influ influenced by adverts that they'll see on the TV or in media press. Um, and also celebrity interviews and social media. So a lot of the time you'll find people are taking something because somebody said to them, I'm taking this, I feel much better. Um, and so then they start taking it too. Right, okay. That's, in, that's interesting, Why, you know, people's motives or, or, or reasons for, for taking these things. I, yeah. I, yeah, I think I, most of the time people are taking them as a bit of an insurance policy, really, just to make sure that they're getting everything they need um, in case they're missing out on any nutrients in their diet, for example. I mean, you'll find that doctors generally are unlikely to recommend a multivitamin supplement, for example. Um, but they might prescribe a specific nutrient such as iron or calcium or vitamin D um, as a result of a blood test of a patient going to see them. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's a bit different though, isn't it? You yeah. Know, if, if someone, I don't know, they might, they might be anemic, they might need some, um, some iron or, you know, yes. they might not get enough sun. They might need some vitamin D. That's, that's quite specific. So, yes. Um, all right. Interesting. You also did some work on sort of the, the quality of the supplements that are available to buy in the shops because, you know, there's yeah. a vast array of things you can buy. Mm. And so you're really checking if what's on the label match what was in the bottle. And you, you had some extraordinary results here. Did, did those results surprise you? Yeah, they did. And actually, this is the first time we've actually ever sent supplements off to the lab in the time that I've been at which so it was almost a bit of a let's see you know let's put the feelers out and see if they do contain what they say they do and as you said actually we found some really surprising results um, now by law although supplements have a label on them and say what they contain those amounts that are listed on the label aren't exact so they're they're is allowed to be a bit of wiggle room. So for example, in terms of vitamins, the supplements can contain up to 50% more or 20% less than what's on the label. And then for minerals such as iron and calcium, it's 45% more and 20% less. That is a massive range, isn't it? Exactly. So already there's a lot of wiggle room. You know, obviously the shelf life the best before date on a supplement is quite a long period so manufacturers have to allow for deterioration while they're on the shelf um, and so they the, the the amounts can vary 
Right. So, but you found that some products were even outside of those large ranges. Yeah, absolutely. So we found a multivitamin that contained only half of the vitamin A that was stated on the label. Um, another one contained, well, it claimed to contain 10 milligrams of vitamin B6, but actually it contained ne negligible amounts. And another one contained only 65% of the declared amount of vitamin D on the label. Right. So, you know, if you buy this stuff, you could end up paying for something that you think you're getting, but you're not getting it at all. Well, exactly. And I mean, you know, as you say, Joe Public, the, the everyday consumer, they don't have the ability to send off their bottle of supplement no. to a lab and pay for testing. That's not what people are going to do. So actually, as a consumer, we need to trust the labels to contain what they say they do and for us to be getting what we're paying for. Yeah, no, I agree. But apart from getting what we're paying for, could this have any sort of potentially dangerous knock-on effects? Well, there could, yeah. So, you know, in the instance that supplements might contain a lot more than what's listed on the label, there are serious health outcomes that could be, um, what that could end up, um, affecting consumers uh, people assume supplements are safe and harmless but actually they're not and overdosing on certain vitamins or mi minerals can have negative effects um, for example long-term intakes of more than 10 milligrams of vitamin b6 a day can cause mild tingling and num numbness um, similarly high doses of vitamin d over a long period can cause buildup of calcium in the body which can then weaken bones and damage kidney and lungs so actually is what i would recommend consumers to do is if they are buying supplements see how much of your daily nutrient reference value it contains so try to avoid those that contain more than a hundred percent of your drv because you've got to remember that you're going to be getting lots of nutrients from the food that you're eating as well I mean, it seems bonkers that you can buy something that has more than 100% of your daily recommended dose. You know, what, well, when we were anyway? Yeah, well, when we were researching this, actually, we found some supplements that contain 3,000% of your daily recommended dose. Um, so, you know, that's people... bonkers. You know, that's like, that is money down the drain, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, in some cases, such as vitamin C you do get a lot of high dose supplements out there. In the, and in the case of vitamin C, while that might not cause you any harm because it's a water soluble vitamin, so actually any excess, you'll just pee out. Yeah. You're then wasting your money because you're just paying for really expensive urine. <laughs> God, that's terrible. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, this is one of the things that just truly surprised me reading your article. In fact, it kind of shocked me really. Mm. Um, the, the other thing that I, 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 I when I, I read my sort of mouth went more and more open in disbelief <laughs> and that's you were talking about the, the, the process that you have to go through before you, a health claim can be made for any yes. this stuff what, what is that process well basically before a health claim can be carried on a food or a supplement in the EU that health claim has to be authorized um, now since 2006 
the European Food Safety Authority has been assessing all the evidence submitted to them. So if, if a manufacturer or a company wants to make a health claim on a product, they've got to submit the evidence to show that that health claim is robust and it's backed in science. Now, and once the European Food Safety Authority has assessed that evidence, they will then decide whether a claim is authorized for use or not. Um, now, originally, when they opened this process, more than 44,000 health claims were submitted. Yeah. But as of now, only 261 are authorized. So, you know, compared to the original number, that, that authorized number is minute. So does that tend to suggest that there are quite a few products for sale that just don't do what they claim? Well, you would hope not now. Um, before this process started, then yes, you know, companies were able to make a range of health claims that actually weren't proven on their products. Now, since this process has been underway, um, health claims that aren't authorised shouldn't be allowed on products. So that means that um, vitamins, minerals, supplements on sale shouldn't be carrying unauthorised health, health claims. Now, the caveat for that is if you are buying from a reputable brand or a reputable retailer, then that shouldn't happen. But if you're buying from a brand that you're not aware of, um, that's been made in another country outside of the EU, for example, then those claims might still be found on packaging. Right. So it sounds like buyer, be very beware. Be very yeah, wary. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, for example, I don't know if you'll remember, but maybe 15 years ago, there were loads of adverts about probiotics um, helping your gut health and your immune health. And actually, when all these claims were submitted to EFSA, the evidence just didn't stack up. And so none of those claims are authorised. Similarly with glucosamine um, that many people will take for cartilage and joint health, that claim isn't authorised either. And so that means that these products now that are on sale can't be making those claims about those ingredients. Now, what a lot of companies have done to get around this is they've added other ingredients to these products so for example glucosamine supplements now also contain vitamin c um, right. proven and does have an authorized health claim regarding maintaining good bone health and cartilage function so if a glucosamine supplement company now adds vitamin c that enables them to make those health claims um, whereas as a consumer, you would assume those health claims are because of the glucosamine, but actually they're because of the vitamin C that's also in the Right. Well, that, that strikes me as particularly sneaky. But these people aren't breaking the law by doing that. They're not breaking the law because I suppose the supplement contains glucosamine, it contains vitamin C, and they're not saying directly that those claims are for the glucosamine. They're just saying the claims are for the supplement as a whole, which isn't inaccurate. Yeah, all right. So in fact, as consumers, we're re re really relying there maybe on the sense of the people that are selling it. So if, if you go into a high street, I don't know, pharmacy or something, mm. you'll hope that they've got your best interests at heart and aren't just knocking this stuff out to make some cash. 
I mean, I think the data and the figures show that supplements are a huge business. So actually, um, do supplement companies have your best health at <laughs> they do? Um, most people don't need supplements if you're eating a varied and balanced diet you'll be getting everything you need from what you eat um so i, I think my recommendation for people would be read the packaging um look at what's being claimed and whether you think if it sounds too good to be true then it probably is right okay so if if, if people are thinking they want some advice in this area apart from reading the packaging um, yeah obviously they should become members of which and read your article but, absolutely <laughs> but, but, but other than that have you got any sort of advice for them because you know this isn't you know your typical man in the street isn't going to know about this stuff and they, they might want some sen sensible straightforward advice yeah i mean I, I guess the sensible straightforward advice is you probably don't need a supplement and um, just eat a balanced diet um if people yeah feel that they have got symptoms um, perhaps if they're overly tired and get out of breath very quickly for example um, that might signify an iron deficiency but if people are concerned I think their first port of call should be their GP who will carry out a blood test and be able to assess whether there is the need for certain um, supplementation. Uh, Public Health England recommends that everybody takes a vitamin D supplement in the UK, especially as you said, during the winter months when we can't get as much vitamin D from the sun that we need. Um, so actually, you know, I think as a population, the only vitamin that we're recommended to take is a vitamin D supplement. For right. um, other people who follow restrictive diets, for example, if people cut out all dairy, or if people are vegan, then they might be missing out on certain nutrients. And again, it would be worth speaking to their GP about this. I think my other message that I'd li really like to drill home is just because they're supplements or they're natural, don't assume they're safe. Um, we found in our research that many supplements can interact with medication that people are taking. So if you do visit your GP, um, and they ask you whether you're taking anything else or even at the pharmacy if they ask you if you're taking anything else don't forget to mention any supplements or even herbal medicines that you're right. taking because you're goodness sure i hadn't they're thought about that there, are there any sort of simple examples of that that spring to mind gosh could... um off the top of my head i'm now trying to remember but i think you know vitamin d cod liver oil and omega-3 oils and glucosamine actually can all interfere with medications for many common conditions, um, including high blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes. So these are things working on a daily basis. Yeah, goodness. All right. So that that that's very that potentially that's quite serious. So you you know people really need to uh, think carefully about that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. We can, uh, that's that's my other line going off in the background. Sorry about oh, I that. I what that was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, but do anyway, you want to uh, redo that bit? No, that's fine. Don't worry. Uh, it, it's it's part it's part of um, make, making a podcast in my home office. You know, it's real life. So that, that's fine. <laughs> Don't worry. And they're, they're obviously very very keen to chat to me. They're probably asking me about vitamins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, thank you very much indeed. 
for, for chatting. I think this is a, a, a very useful and also an important area. So I, 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 I think uh, it's very useful. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for tuning into the Relax Back UK show on UK Health Radio. And please do remember, if you've got a bad back or you're suffering when you're sitting at your desk or you're worried about your posture and you would like to try out a back app chair for absolutely free, this is if you are in the UK, you can go to my website, which is relaxbackuk.com, click on the try out a back app chair button, fill in the details, and I will take care of that for you. Now, shortly, we are going to hear from uh, a pharmacist with Lloyd's Pharmacy. His name is Matt Courtney Smith, and he's got more sensible uh, advice about taking supplements and vitamins. Relax back UK. Run by my daddy. Matt Courtney Smith is a pharmacist and he works with Lloyd's Pharmacy in the UK. And I was lucky enough to recently have him on as a guest. And again, we discussed the, the topics of vitamins and supplements. And we covered a lot of subjects amongst can you take too many vitamins or supplements and can that actually be bad for you? Can some of these things interfere with other, other medicines that you're doctor might have suggested you take or prescribe medicines um also can you just ask for advice from a pharmacist by walking into a high street pharmacy and much else besides but i started off just by asking him if lloyd's pharmacy in the uk is part of a larger organization so we're part of mckesson which is uh, an american run company um and lloyd's pharmacy is a, is a big part of that particularly in the uk but yeah, we, we range across um, across Europe and, and across America in our in our bigger, grander scheme of things. Okay, excellent. But that but that's Lloyd's itself is just within the UK. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, this is probably the sort of thing I should research before I talk to my guests. So apologies for that, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> so the subject I want to talk about is um, vitamins and supplements, um, and I, I'm assuming that as as a pharmacy, Lloyd's sell you know, a lot of this stuff, a lot of vitamins and supplements and the like. Yes, we do. So if, if you go to any of our stores, you'll, you'll always find um, a good unit, a good range of, of vitamins and supplements. They're normally quite, quite clearly labelled, you know, in, in the stores. Um, and if you, if you don't know what you're looking for, obviously you can ask someone in the store because that's one of the biggest questions we get is which vitamins do I, do I need to take or should I take? Right, okay. And this, so this next question might be a bit unfair. And it actually... Um, I'll ask it anyway because you know you. Can, <laughs> what what value of this stuff do you sell? Do you know. You know the, the it is a good question. Um, yeah, and if you if you look, you can, you can find a whole lot of information on the value of vitamins, the evidence behind vitamins, and and even more on supplements and herbal medicines. And I, actually, let's I not even go into terms. homeopathy. <laughs> oh, in monetary terms, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. To, to Lloyd's Pharmacy, or yeah, yeah, or well, whatever. I, I was yeah, well, to Lloyd's Pharmacy, but you know the, the value of the, the market in general. To, to pharmacy and the market in a whole, yeah, it, it's a, it is a very valuable market because yeah, they're, they're very 
they're, they're in high demand. Um, a lot of people see a lot of benefit from them. Um, but equally, I guess the flip side for, from a consumer perspective is they're not that expensive. Once you realize and, and you don't end up buying every single different type of vitamin under the sun, actually, you know, you, you can get, we've got a lot of offers on where they're generally, you get a month's worth of vitamin for a pound or supplement. So we've got turmeric at the minute, which is a, a supplement. It's not a vitamin. Um, and, you know, they debate whether it does anti-inflammatory benefits or um, some kind of skin health and digestive benefits. But yeah, just a pound a month. So there's some good deals out there. Okay, so you don't necessarily have to spend a lot of money on this stuff. Exactly. Okay, so moving on then, what what sort of things can they be useful for? If you know, if if you have a typical customer coming coming into one of your um, pharmacies asking for advice, you know, what sort of things are they asking about, and how? What can you help with? Sure. Well, I think the first thing to mention, and, and probably the most important thing to mention, is that. There is no magic pill and um, nothing you get from a pharmacy in terms of a supplement or a vitamin is going to um, fix everything. And equally, it's only when you know, they call them supplements for a reason, because it's supposed to be in addition to you know, a normal, varied and balanced diet. Um, but, but as a general thing, they, vitamins can help with things like healthy hair growth, um, improving your bone strength um, or even things like your immune system. So if you've got a bit of a low immune system or um, if, you, if you've you know, regularly getting colds and things like that. There are different things out there like vitamin C and zinc that can help with that. So, yeah, it, it is important to have them supplementing a normal diet. But um, if you do obviously purchase a vitamin or a supplement where, you, where you're struggling with that diet a little bit, it, it definitely can help. You mentioned healthy hair growth. All right, so is yeah. that going to help me? I'm getting on a bit. I've a bit of a receding hairline. Are you going to make is my, my hair going to grow back if I come to you for advice? It's a question we get a lot because obviously we have a lot of vitamins that do state things like encourages healthy hair growth. Um, the important thing to do here is to segregate the, the benefits that, that you can get from a vitamin. So the vitamin that supports most predominantly with healthy hair growth is called biotin, which is vitamin B7. Um, and yes, it helps promote healthy hair growth because it supports um, keratin, which is the predominant protein in hair. Um, but no, if it, it's not again the magic pill we, we have different ways of supporting people who might be might be losing their hair in, in different ways but um yeah again that whether it's a vitamin that's the best solution or whether it's a different you know we have we have hair growth programs for instance in pharmacies to support as well with different medications that we can provide and um, okay. so it's again another question to ask your pharmacist yeah so but presumably they're not aimed at people like me that have just got a bit of a receding hairline it's more aimed at people that might be having hair loss because of a you know some medical condition or perhaps even they've, they've just had treatment for cancer and that is that the sort of thing you can help with when it comes to hair loss it can but again it's not it's not where you've got a clear i guess medicinal reason for for that hair loss is not going to bring it back all of a sudden right. it's more it's more where people are probably suffering from um thin hair or where they suffer from links directly to the hair losses um, or hair growth is also your fingernails and things like that because it's all quite closely linked in terms of what makes that up and um, so it's to kind of strengthen the growth of your hair and, and your nails as such okay but like you said important to remember there's kind of no magic unlikely to be a, a magic bullet for all this stuff so um no no and if, if there is i'm out of a job mike <laughs> <laughs> yes um 
so with with that in mind is it possible to kind of overdose on any of these things do you if someone were to come in and buy loads and loads of one particular thing would you kind of just say hang on a minute suggest to the customer that this isn't such a great idea because you can actually overdose on this this stuff so the simple answer is yes um i guess the, the, the best example i can give is vitamin d um if you take vitamin d for too long a period or in in too large quantities and it, and it can be confusing because when you look at the boxes they've got all sorts of different strengths on and it's a max strength and it will say 10 micrograms here and all these things but if you take too much vitamin d what you end up with is too much calcium in the body and um, in, in a normal world vitamin d helps to um, support with the lay down of calcium into your bones and sports with your teeth and your muscles as well um, but if you get too much of that calcium and then you end up with what we call hypercalcemia um, which actually almost paradoxically can re uh, weaken the strength of the bones and lead to other problems like with your kidneys and your heart and things like that but yeah vitamin d you can also get vitamin d from the sun actually it's, it's, it's one of those strange ones when you actually spend time in the sun um, normally between you know late march early september that type of thing um, then that actually helps you to create your own vitamin d in your body um, so, but you can't overdose on that obviously you can overdose on the sun so please wear your sun cream etc yeah, yeah. um, but vitamin d people might struggle for instance if they can't get enough sun um, so yes you can overdose on it but yes you can get people who might not get enough of a vitamin whether it's because of the diet or whether it's because they're simply housebound or they might be elderly or yeah. spend a lot of time traveling lorry lorry drivers in the office or whatever so again it's all it so, depends so, on your personal situation yeah but the, the effects of overdosing could actually be quite serious you know, not just wasting money by buying too much of this stuff there are some quite significant health effects yes definitely yes definitely but i wouldn't let that worry you as a, as a consumer or as a patient um the important thing is that you do get that best advice. So any pharmacy will have a pharmacist or a number of trained pharmacy advisors who will be able to talk you through that. Yeah. So which is, I guess, a good plus for buying these things at a pharmacist rather than online. You know, there are people there that actually do know what they're talking about and can give you some good advice. Yes, definitely. Um, you, you can find, I'm sure, vitamins on on Amazon and and anywhere, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I would clearly pr pr promote the fact that you would get that extra expert advice when you speak to a pharmacist. Yeah. And with, with that in mind, do you get people coming into your pharmacies who are vegetarians or, or vegan asking for help if they're likely to be missing out on, on anything and asking for advice on what they should Yeah, we, we do. We do. And you, you imagine um, we've had a lot more of that in the last month or two um, with Veganuary or however you pronounce it. Um, I, yeah, Again, I, I, I have trouble trying to pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, with, with people who follow a, a vegan or a, a vegetarian diet, it's it is actually possible to get all the nutrients your body needs um, by following that diet. Um, but often people do miss something out as part of that, or it's it was not um, planned with everything included. Um, some of the things that are commonly missed: so vegetarians need to ensure they get enough iron. Um, and vitamin B12 is quite a specific one. So they're the types of things you need for healthy red blood cells and kind of maintaining your energy levels. Right. Um, or vegans as well, that the same as the above, so iron, vitamin B12. And another one is calcium, um, which obviously you get from, from cow's milk and things like that in, 
in uh, another diet. Right. Okay. So can vegans actually get, I'm just trying to think how, how could you get calcium then if you're not having milk and that sort of thing? Is the answer is you just can't, or is it in some sorts of, is it in plant-based food at all? You just got, there will, there will be other sources. Uh, I can't think off the top of my head. I wish I could research that and support someone, but yeah, I think, Again, somebody with a vegan diet could come in and, and talk that through. And we, we do have multiple calcium kind of supplements on, on the shop floor that we, we could talk them through. And um, whether it's a, a vitamin C, you know, standalone tablet, and they, they do chewable tablets as well, if people prefer that, or different flavors and all sorts. But um, you can also get it with in a multivitamin tablet. And that's often um, what a lot of our customers and patients prefer. Right. Okay. But in general terms, it's better to get your vitamins via food and um, rather than taking pills and supplements. Is that really, the, I mean, can, is it a sort of a last resort taking pills and supplements? If you can get it via food, do that because it will be better for you. Well, it is certainly because where, where you're getting your, your balanced diet, yes, you get the, the vitamin input as part of that but you also get all the nutrients all the energy everything else that yeah. antioxidants whatever that whatever that individual fruit and veg or, or food variety might bring you as well so yeah the the first thing i would always recommend someone coming into the pharmacy is, is i would talk through with their what's their regular diet are they missing different things out and what we can do to um supplement that or replace maybe right. what they're missing okay which is a, a, probably another reason to go into a pharmacy rather than ordering this stuff online um, Another, yeah. another big reason which I was wondering about, can these things in any way sometimes interfere with prescription drugs or other over-the-counter drugs that people might be taking? They definitely can. Um, there are some bigger culprits that, that I'll mention, but again, the pharmacist will have that expert advice. We, we follow a, a really clear method when speaking to people about particularly any new medications they're taking. Um, or if they've got a change of dose or anything like that. And we'll always ask, um, obviously, things like if they've got any allergies, but we'll also ask, do you take any other medications? Um, equally, anything like vitamins, minerals, supplements, or anything like that. Um, some vitamins and, and supplements can affect the way um, different medications are absorbed into the body. So what you actually end up with then is either a higher or a lower concentration of that drug in the bloodstream, which can cause kind of issues. Um, in terms of supplements you should be really careful with something that there's something called st john's wort which is a herbal remedy quite a traditional herbal remedy that's um used to support with kind of mood and mild depression and mm -hmm. um, that medication and certainly i can remember when we first learned this at, at university you go through and you see all the interactions it interacts with an awful lot of medications again it doesn't mean that you you can't take them or or you can't take some medications with that or you can't take st john's wort it just means you need to be really careful with that one um, in terms of medicines so if we look on the flip side there are certain medicines that interact with different herbal medications a lot more than others that the biggest one is warfarin um, which um, you'll know is kind of for thinning the blood yeah. um, and other things like insulin and aspirin so they've they've done a bit of research and they've shown that they're, they're the ones that, that show the most interactions with supplements but the one that we pick up most regularly in pharmacy is, is warfarin again it doesn't mean you can't take the supplements but again speak that uh, seek that advice before you before you go ahead and warfarin is actually quite a common drug isn't it lots of people are on that it is 
Yeah. Is that where we're talking about vitamins? Warfarin's actually quite an interesting one because the way warfarin works clearly to thin the blood actually counteracts the action of a, a naturally occurring vitamin in your body, which is vitamin K. Um, it's not one you, you see or hear about too often. Um, but vitamin K actually is involved in the, the clotting process of blood. I've got where you get vitamin. My old teacher, when I did O levels, because yeah. I did O levels because I'm that old, he went through all the vitamins and he came to K. He said, K is for clotting. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I remembered it. <laughs> <laughs> Very good spelling. Um, so, yeah, so it, vitamin K is, um, again, you don't hear about it much, but it's in all, all your spinach or your green leafy vegetables that you eat. So people who take warfarin actually need to be really careful with their green veg. And they don't need to be careful not to eat green veg, but the, the biggest thing that they need to be careful of is you know, if, if you're someone who, eat, who eats lots of green vegetables normally, Mike, then if you stopped overnight, then actually your warfarin um, or your INR, which is your, the, how thin your blood or thick your blood is, would change very quickly. So you kind of need to keep the amount that you're consuming at quite a stable level just so they can pick the right warfarin dose for you. Okay, that's interesting. So when you give people prescription drugs, you'll, you'll ask them, are you taking anything else? But if a customer comes in and you know scoops up a load of vitamins off the shelf and then goes and pays for it, do you do the same thing? Do you say, are you taking any other prescription drugs with this? Because you know we need to, we'd like to just make sure everything's all right. Yeah. So where they're purchased in a pharmacy setting, all of our um, healthcare assistants, um, healthcare advisors, dispensers, that they're all trained uh, in what we call the sale of medicines protocol. So they would ask, you know, who's it for, um, what are the symptoms or what are you trying to treat or, or prevent or whatever that might be? How long have you been trying to treat this for? Um, and this, this counts for all medicines, not just vitamin supplements. Um, what have you tried so far? And equally, what other medication um, do you take, including, importantly, vitamins, minerals and supplements? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that, 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 that's very good to know. Um, actually, and is there info about this sort of the sort of clashes that might happen on on your website as well because I, I know Lloyd's got quite a good website some of the more common ones uh, will will be on on either the Lloyd's pharmacy website or also places like NHS choices um, I know there's a new or relatively new NHS app as well that people can download and I, I tried it myself earlier and, and there's a bit on you can search for vitamins on there um, and then yeah some of the more some of the more detailed interactions because you can imagine they're quite numerous if you look at every single possible interaction yeah. that that will be you know, very we have very quickly i'm sure exactly we, we have various reference sources that um some of the more common ones we'll, we'll know quite quickly and some of the more complex ones we can always look up um in the in the national formulary and any any latest advice we've got yeah okay you mentioned um an app an nhs app tell us a bit more about that how does that work where can people find it so I've not seen too much about it myself, but I've only kind of happened upon it very recently. Um, so it's, you can download it for Android or um, iPhone as well. Um, mm -hmm. And actually it gives you the chance to access all, all NHS online resources, where things you would normally get from NHS choices, which is, you know, a, a search function, A to Z, you know, anything to yeah. do with your health. I think there's a, there's a symptom checker on there as well. Um, and the, the bit that I was shown last night but haven't tried for myself yet is you can actually log in with your NHS login. I don't know how to get this yet. Um, <laughs> but if you just use, I think it's just your NHS number, um, and then you can access various amounts of your, your NHS records and, and kind of history. I think it will probably depend on, on how much 
how it links to your GP surgery and hospital records and things like that. But hmm. it's becoming a lot more clear and open and, and to be able to access your own information, which I think is important. Yeah. Well, that, that, that sounds like another show, actually. That could be a kind of interesting yeah. to chat about another time. I'll look more into it by then. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'll, I'll give you some homework, Matt. You can go away and find out about that and come back and tell us in a little while. But in, in the meantime, and um, give the, um, give the Lloyd's website, um, cause that will have plenty of info to help with this sort of stuff as well. I think. Yeah, so that, that's www.lloydspharmacy.com. Uh, there's a store locator at the top as well, just a simple link. So you can click on there, put your postcode in, and it will show all of your local Lloyd, uh, Lloyd's pharmacies to address all your needs. Excellent. All right, Matt, thank you very much indeed for chatting. I think this is useful for a lot of people because, you know, there's an awful lot of people that do uh, take vitamins and supplements. So thank you. Thank you. Well, I don't know about you, but I found some of the info in this week's episode pretty scary, um, particularly um, the fact that Shafali was talking about, Shafali Lothram Witch, uh, when they did tests on the supplements and they found that the contents in the bottle is actually very different to what it says on the label. A bit worrying there. Also, the fact that uh, some vitamins can interact badly and reduce the effectiveness of, of medicines, of prescription medicines, and also just how many of us take vitamins and supplements. This is a big, big business. So this is, uh, please do be reminded that if you've got questions or comments about any of the topics on the show, you can ask the questions, make the comments on my blog, which is relaxbackuk.com. That's the website and the blog is on the website. You just click on the blog button on the website. Thank you to my guests this week. And they were Shafali Loth. She's a food and nutrient nutrition researcher at Witch Magazine. That's Witch Magazine in the UK. And also Matt Courtney Smith. He's a pharmacist with Lloyd's Pharmacy. And of course, also thank you to you for listening. <laughs> That was Mike Dilk of Relax Back UK. Thank you for listening and please join us again next time.